The live opinions, descriptions, and accounts expressed on the Best of Times Radio Hour are those of the hosts and the guests of this show, and not necessarily those of Town Square Media or this station. Consult with your attorney, accountant, or other professional for final advice in making your decision. The Best of Times, live from 710 Keel Studios in Shreveport, Louisiana, celebrating age and maturity. Helping you make the best years of your life the best they can be. The best of times. Your host, Gary Coligas. Good morning, radio listeners. I'm Gary Coligas, the publisher of The Best of Times, the only news magazine for mature adults in northwest Louisiana. Thank you for tuning into our show today. In just a few minutes, we're going to learn about the latest in prosthetics and orthotics. So stay tuned to the show for some very beneficial information for you or your loved ones. It is Saturday, August the 27th, and we are broadcasting our radio show today for the studios of News Radio 710 Keel, a town square media station here in Shreveport, Louisiana. Louisiana. However, today's show has been pre-recorded, so we will be unable to accept calling questions and comments from our loyal radio listeners. Be sure to pick up the September issue of the Best of Times at one of our 522 distribution locations. If you're unable to find a copy, remember you can visit our website at www.thebestoftimesnews.com to view both current and past issues. We'll be right back with more information, but now we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears, Tunning Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, proudly presented by Abears, Dunning Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Coligas. I do thank you for listening to our show today and also thank those who might be listening via the internet at www.710keel.com. Joining me on my radio show today is some very special guests is Mr. Clint Snell, who is the president and CEO of Snell's Orthotics and Prosthetics, and his son, who is Chris Snell, who is the vice president of Snell's Orthotics and Prosthetics here in the Shreveport and Bossier area. So thank you and welcome, Clint, and welcome, Chris, to the Best of Times Radio Hour. Thanks, Gary. Thank you. So I've asked these two wonderful gentlemen uh, to help update us about the latest in orthotics and prosthetics uh, in the area. You know, Clint, uh, as as I have learned for the past uh, hmm, 67 years, medical technology in all sorts does improve and sometimes so rapidly in this world and age. And I'm sure in orthotics and prosthetics, it, it, it probably changes daily, all right? It sure does, Gary. And but it changes for the betterment. And these these are improvements to better our lives, to better the better your clients, to make it make it easier, more efficient, more economical, uh, last longer lasting. And uh, when you showed me, uh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm retrospecting here. Um, several years ago, um, uh, when you did an, an exhibit at one of the, I think it was at the State Museum, that you showed the history over orthotics and prosthetics and i mean i was super touched that was it your father grandfather was involved with making braces back when the polio polio scenario right yeah that that would have been my my dad your dad 
But that was just so touching how he came up with that particular idea and, and situation and improved it to, to the extent you were telling me before they were steel and so heavy that the, the kids and the, the persons involved couldn't handle them. But and then they were changed to aluminum? Aluminum. And wow. they did some pioneering work in that area. How awesome and how touching. So, And, I, and I'm going to brag. Of course, and it was invented here, uh, you know, in the United States in this neck of the woods. So, again, I put kudos on that particular historical trivia that we, that some of our listeners may not know about. Thank you, Gary. So, describe our listeners a little bit about prosthetics and orthotics and tell us a little bit about the difference between the two. We've heard the terms, uh, but some of us don't understand that, right? The, the orthotics is external bracing. External. Uh, example? And, and it can be anything uh, to either support or uh, correct or assist uh, a body motion. Okay. And prosthetics are? The, the prosthetics is uh, any kind of limb replacement. So it's a replacement of arm, leg, uh, that type thing. And including hand, correct? That's correct. And, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. So what age groups do you and your company uh, involve regarding an individual that might need orthotic or prosthetic uh, scenarios? We serve all ages. Uh, we have a, a, a specialty patient population that, that uh, works with newborns. Wow. And um, we do cranial molding helmets, which is a new aspect where if if the child is born with asymmetrical head shape, mm-hmm. uh we work in conjunction with uh, physicians to uh, make that over a six-month period uh, a symmetrical shape. And we, so that that is really patient-specific. Well, everything probably is, but that is definitely patient-specific. Oh yeah, ninety percent of what we do is patient-specific. Really? So you just can't get it off off the shelf or in the in the in the lab right there it's 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 customized for that individual that's correct and we've we've worked with patients over 100 years old so 100 years old yeah Th- those are probably ch- some challenging patients uh they are they are delightful to work with i tell you uh, and they probably have a lot of stories they do and hopefully they've written down those stories for their great grandchildren right i <laughs> would help so you've been around since god 1911 that's over a hundred years ago. You celebrated your hundredth anniversary in 2011, and I think we did something really special. You had a bunch of activities that uh, we featured on the Best of Times magazine, as well as on the, the radio show. That was like what five years ago, some five years ago. Yep, we even uh, had a big celebration in our national uh, meeting. Wow! Congratulations on that. So the the profession has gone through a lot of changes over these decades, right? Yes, sir. So what what have been some of those interesting changes? Well, a, a lot of the changes in our field are driven by uh, the result of war and the demands that that places on us. Uh, and uh, there's increase in, usually an increase in research. Uh, during the 40s, there was, it, it turned to a scientific-based research. And in the... Uh, 60s uh it it uh, progressed with with increasing materials and and uh componentry that had greater and greater uh capabilities with with the age of microelectronics and 
all the the miniaturization i'm sure that that involved that that also helped in the scenario of improvement do they have prosthetic and orthotic like engineers or practitioners that are in certain you know schools or research labs that come up with new and improved items i mean how does the new research come about new research is uh done uh either it's uh sponsored by our manufacturing companies or the federal government uh and basically um a lot of the more technical research is done um, by engineers uh, and the actual implementation and, and uh, day-to-day patient care is taken care of by prosthetists and orthodists. So that, that was the follow-up question I have here. So you and Chris may come up with inventions or little uh, caveats or improvements in current items that can pr- improve something? Do you do, you, uh, do that occasionally? Uh, yes, we do. <clears throat> we uh, will come up with uh, various ways to, to make them work better and, and fit better on the patient uh, just based on their needs. Um, some of the things that uh, I'm trying to do are, are a little more cosmetically based. Uh, I want to. I'm trying to give people a prosthesis or, or orthosis that they're really excited about. And and that that excitement. Explain to our listeners what that means. Excitement being <clears throat> the visual, the the, the 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 mechanics. Uh, uh, well, uh, a little of both sometimes. Okay, good. Um, what ends up happening is if somebody is uncomfortable, uh, whether it be with the appearance of their prosthesis or the actual fit of their prosthesis or orthotic device, they're typically not going to wear it. Oh. You can fix the fit of the device and make it as comfortable as possible. But if they're still uncomfortable with how they're seen or how they feel, then they're not going to wear it, and it, Good point. we end up not being of any use. So something that's happened in the in the more recent years are that people uh, have wanted to show off some of the neat designs that can be put on these. And so I've come up with various techniques and patterns and, and ways to make it as cool as possible. Oh, I like that word. You're a young person. Okay, cool. <laughs> Your dad wouldn't say cool, right? <laughs> no. Neato, maybe. What? <laughs> You're aging us, Chris. Be careful. <laughs> and he can punch you out now. Be careful. Oh, he can. Okay, so to make them cool... Uh, you do various techniques. Uh, yes, I've. Uh, do you get the feedback from the individual, the client, the patient, the client, uh, the family members. Is it like a vote of thumbs up, thumbs down? Uh, yes, uh, we have. Uh, we have them basically tell us what they want on their prosthesis, and then I'll come up with a way to do it. Um, <laughs> I can take and put a family photo on somebody's leg. I can take wow. artwork and put it on their leg. Uh, I can, I've wood veneered legs, uh, camo patterns. Wow. Uh, I've worked with microprocessors and moving parts just for visual appearance. Uh, my, my steampunk prosthesis is probably my most, uh, notable 
work, piece of work. It's garnered uh, probably around 700,000 views online so far. And that's on your website located, let's tell our listeners the website address. It is Snells Online. And that's S-E-N-L-L-S Online.com. S-N-E-L-L-S Online.com. Okay. I'm going to make sure that's correct. <laughs> but you can, you can, uh, individuals could, can view that, that particular aspect. Oh, yes. And yes, absolutely. Wow. That's, that's a pretty challenging uh, scenario over 700,000. Wow. <laughs> that, that's pretty, pretty good there. Yep. So do you, do you share your, um, innovations or totally you patent them, uh, some of them through, uh, uh, yes, I do have some patents, uh, in the works and, uh, I'm, I'm just waiting for some of the technology to actually catch up with some of those patents. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. That, that, that is totally amazing. So again, you customize it. We're going to talk a little bit more about that later. So, Clint, you, you've been an active practitioner since 1966. Wow. That's a, that's a, been a few years ago, right? It, it has, Gary. And, but you've learned and, and, and changed and, just like me, right? It, it age, is, age professionally. It, it is constantly changing. We're changing uh, techniques for fitting patients. It's steadily improving. The uh, componentry is improving. And uh, the philosophy and uh, of having it patient-centered is, is uh, growing stronger each year. And you, like all other practitioners in various medical fields, you continually learn and continue educated through through continual education courses. I'm sure at national meetings and all, as well as your suppliers and vendors who provide that as well to keep up with the latest technology. You just can't rest on your laurels, right? That's right. We're we're uh, preparing uh, to head next week to oh. uh, Boston for our national meeting there. And I'm sure you're going to learn a lot learn, learn a lot in that neck of the woods, right? You bet. So, uh, so you are. I understand that that Snell's is a national commission on orthotics and prosthetics education residency site. What does that mean? Uh, as as a part of uh, educating and training uh, young professionals, uh, a residency is one component. In other words, they they have to do shadowing or observing they have to uh go through a, a master's level course they have to uh also have a residency and we they have uh standards for those residency sites and uh the actual jobs and and uh emphasis is monitored nationally so these individual ladies and men come from throughout the United States to come here in Shreveport, Louisiana, or do they come primarily here or could come to your Monroe or Alexandria offices? We've had residents in, in all locations, oh. and uh, Shreveport is our primary. Well, that's that's proud that you bring. So these most of these probably aren't local residents. They're, they're going to probably be residents or to study here from, from other parts of the country, right? Yes, it's uh, a lot of people from from all over the area. Um, 
so they get their individual training at various schooling in some parts of the country. Do we have one in Louisiana? Do we have an orthotics and prosthetics course here? No? No, we do not. So they're, they're going somewhere else. And where are some of those uh, mecha centers, that the, the, uh, school of learning? The closest one is in Dallas. Uh, and there's also Northwestern in Chicago, and then there's another one at uh, Baylor College oh, has wow, one in yeah. yes. uh, Houston. So it's good because those students are probably looking for uh, companies that have residency programs that they can apply to. And I'm sure you get a whole bunch of people that are applying, uh, and you can only accept probably three or four. I don't know what your your maximum residency program is, but uh, most most companies and uh, like them in the medical profession only allow a few residencies in a in a given profession. Is that true? Yeah, we we only have one or two residents going at one time, and. Uh, we uh, draw quite a few of our residents from uh, the local area. Well, that's great. We'll be right back with more information. But now, we're from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears, Tunning Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep Buick. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Kaligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, proudly presented by A Bears, Tunning Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Kaligas. I do thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show as special guests is Mr. Clint Snell and Chris Snell from Snell's Orthotics and Prosthetics, which has offices here in Shreveport, but also in Monroe and Alexandria. How. How long ago did you expand into the Monroe and Alexandria market, Clint? My father expanded uh, there in the mid-50s. Wow. So they've been there a while. Oh, yes. We're well-established. And, uh, you know, luckily... They're not too far away that you can provide them backup and assistance. And uh, your headquarters here in the Shreveport and Bossier area is um, strategically located between those two cities, right? That's right. So you provide full service at all those. I just want to mention that to my my listeners out there who might be listening in the Monroe area and or in the the Ruston area or in the the Alexandria or in the surrounding neck of the woods cities and those those particular area that you do have three locations not just the location here in in the Shreveport area on Line Avenue but you do have other two other um, full offices in those two particular cities uh, so going back I'm really compliment you on offering your residency program I'm sure that's a that is a definitely uh, you're giving back to the to the health to the health care providers as well as these residents to get them hands-on you know they can learn a lot in academia but when they do the when they when they get there out in the real world it's a totally different different aspect isn't it it sure is and uh, give gives them that that particular aspect so tell us some of the new technologies and techniques that uh, are on the well let's talk about what's available currently then talk about what's on the horizon currently we've got uh, microprocessors that are built in especially to the knee area so they're uh, computer chips that uh, actually control the knee and its motion uh, we've got uh, energy storing uh, feet and components that those are components that use carbon 
graphite, the same materials that the stealth bomber were built out of. Wow. And uh, we've got uh, all sorts of uh, new uh, computer-controlled components that integrate the knee and the foot. And so they move in unison uh, to more... uh, Closely replicate the the human body. Okay, I, I'm, I'm I'm thinking ahead of here. Some of my listeners might have asked this question because I know both of y'all travel, and I have traveled recently abroad. and And I went through security in a foreign country, and I'm I'm telling you, I was so embarrassed when they put a person that I know the person was walking before they walked. They they had a they had a prosthetic. But they were putting this individual through so much, I would call it scrutiny. And is there a, like a certificate that you're supposed to show people at TSA? I know we're going off tangent here. There's there's not a certificate, but you can you can um, either purchase or go through a a pre screening procedure, uh, and and. Uh, be categorized, and, and, and they shouldn't. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking to myself, this country was a little bit of, probably a little bit too strict <laughs> regarding that. And I, I think they tried to make a scenario that, what could you have inside of that prosthetic leg that you have? And I, you know, I was right behind the person, and uh, you know, I, to, to me that was demeaning to that individual, and the individual was not was compliant, but. The sense that these this country was not very friendly to this individual, and the individual was American, had a United States passport. And, yeah, I, I travel a good bit, Gary, and and uh, these the screening uh, procedures vary quite a bit from that's sad. from airport to airport, really, much less from country to country. One of the things that that I do is always travel, uh, sit in a wheelchair. I could walk the the concourse. Mm-hmm. Much much slower, and uh, I'd be worn out when the the sure. journey was over. But uh, using those those wheelchairs with the uh, airport security folks taking you through, it smooths out the travel. True, that's this this highly suggests that to people. And the the other question I have with you, you're talking about this high tech electronics and and gizmos and stealth. Does all this TSA and screening affect the electronics or any kind of the any kind of the mechanism? Usually not. Good. Okay, that's they're that's, shielded. They're shielded for all that type of um, scanning radiation and all their sophisticated stuff that you go through now. I mean, you sit up there and you hold your hands up. I feel like I'm being zoomed completely. <laughs> well, they've uh, over the years made them more and more robust because uh, well, people come breaking them (laughs) and so uh now they're they're starting to come out more ruggedized and uh, you're seeing more and more uh water resistance in some of the newer newer stuff but uh people are typically pretty rough on their devices really they are that rough uh yeah yeah we get uh we get things uh back such as uh broken carbon fiber foot uh but that was for a uh teenage football player so oh. he <laughs> he was pretty tough on it 
we uh, have a patient going on now that's a, a uh, maintenance person for a, a chemical plant, and he has to walk up ladders and and uh, climb and inspect tanks, and and uh, he's broken almost everything we've put on him. So oh, no. we're having to go. Uh, <laughs> Very durable. He knows your 1-800 number real quick, right? Exactly. He, he knows that. He does that as well. So so the, what's on the horizon then? Oh, goodness. Uh, well, there's so many different areas where they're expanding out to in terms of research and, uh, you know, what's coming next. Uh, some of your listeners may have seen exoskeletal orthotic devices. Oh, that's what uh, I wanted to ask you about. Go ahead. And I see those as uh, being something right now that are uh, very rapidly shrinking in size in terms of, of actual physical size of the device. So it's less bulky, less cumbersome, and easier to wear and work with. Okay, explain to our listeners in, in layman's terms what, what what do you mean by this particular device? What is it used for? What 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 person may have a, a deformity or, or an injury? Explain to them. Somebody that might be paralyzed, okay, uh, and not have use of their legs. So this would be an external frame that helped uh, move their legs through space. Wow. Help them sit down and stand up and walk. And, and the first couple generations of them uh, wasn't just the device, it was the backpack you got to wear with the device that was the battery itself, uh, which is shrinking uh, pretty rapidly to not be a 50-pound backpack that the person has to strap on just to be able to get moving. So that technology is improving to make it smaller and make it more flexible, and, and I'm sure the electronics... Being probably you're the electronic expert over there is probably reduced now to a postage stamp. Uh, they are greatly reducing the size of all the electronics. Uh, the things that I see coming are with increase in battery technology. So you're going to see longer operating times with smaller battery sizes. Uh, meaning the device will be able to go for longer, be lighter, and work for more people. What about prosthetics of, of, of the hand? I mean, the hand motions. I, I've been seeing some interesting reports on that. That's really going to town, right? Yeah. Changes in that particular aspect? There are wild developments in that area in terms of, uh, the, in the, in the distant future, we'll see things like, uh, individual fingers being controlled on that prosthesis. By an individual. Wow. So it'll be more replicating the human hand. Now, the stuff that's out, you have a variety of grip patterns. So you have one for holding a tennis ball or a baseball. You have one for holding a coffee cup or writing with a pen. And you have them preset to what you do most. How amazing. I mean, it, it puts a smile on my face. These individuals that have lost that limb, and now they're almost able to, to come back to what they were. And then it's just like, I know it's, a, it's good for them, but also for their family members and others. It puts them, you know, at a, at a positive stance. 
I mean, it makes me smile to think about the tech, how the technology is improving their benefit, their life, their independence, and and not being dependent on a lot more other people, right? And that's right. what a lot. That's what probably the goal of many of your patients are. They want to they want to be able to walk normal, hand motions, do the, do the things they have done before, right? That's that's one of the real joys of what we do, Gary. Is uh, provide independence and uh, folks to live and work and do the things that they were doing prior to their disability. And you've taken care of thousands and thousands of patients and over this 105 years, 105 years that you can, there are a lot of testimonies there. You could probably write a novel written for television massively of all the, the people that you have benefited and helped them and helped their family members to, to, uh, to uh, live that independent life and a happier life than being being hate to say miserable right yeah the individual relationships that we form are, are wonderful uh i had a patient that come in, came in this uh a few months ago and uh the prosthetist who's working with her introduced us and uh she said yes uh you built my first prosthesis she was almost uh 50 years old and uh she still had the first prosthesis that I oh, built her wow. back in the early 70s. Amazing. It was pretty neat to see. <laughs> and, uh, well, and that, those are those, those, those stories that you're going to never forget. And they're probably never, never going to, they're going to bring back memories uh, for them and their family and, you know, kids and grandkids beyond that. Okay, we'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by A Bears, Tending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Gary's got more of the Best of Times coming for you on 710 Keel. Now, back to the best of times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the best of times radio hour, proudly presented by A Bears, Dunning Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler, Ram, and Jeep dealer. I'm Gary Coligas. I thank you for listening to our show today. Joining me on my show are some very special guests is Mr. Clint Snell and Chris Snell with Snell's Orthotics and Prosthetics that has offices here in the Shreveport area, Monroe, and Alexandria. So thank you, Clint and Chris. Uh, for giving us some updated information, you know, um, let's let's talk about a couple of quick things. Um, first of all, and I, I, you know, it depends on the the patient, the situation. That some people think uh, that's the naive people out there uh, that once they get a prosthetic, it's there forever. It it changes because a person changes, right? Ages gets bigger. And you were saying even small kids, so it's not there. You they're evolving, right? Well, you'd have to think about it similar to clothing. Uh, you could Good buy a pair okay. of jeans, uh, but you, you definitely wouldn't want to wear that same pair forever. Eventually, they're going to wear out. Uh, if you gain weight or lose weight, they're not going to fit properly. Uh, so it, it really depends on just like you said, they're they're. Their physical size, their how fast uh, or or slow they want to walk. Um, is if somebody starts to work out uh, and really get in shape and wants to start training for a triathlon, that prosthesis 
isn't really going to suit their needs. Oh, okay. It depends on their, their needs at that particular time and their activity in that particular time. And, and the same goes in reverse. Uh, we have a lot of people come in saying, I want to get one of those cool curved blade prosthesis oh. for, for running. And mm-hmm. we ask them, how often do you run? <laughs> they say, well, I, I don't. <laughs> Oh. It's pretty uncomfortable to just walk in. They're made for a high energy return. So if you're a sprinter or a runner or uh, a, a high endurance athlete, then yeah, you're absolutely going to want one. And, and we have used several variations on athletes. Uh, but for everyday use, you're not going to want to walk around on one. So when you we talked about in one of our earlier segments, the trend is for cosmetic covers, right? Mm-hmm. And it's that's increasing. Yes, people want to show off all the coolest and latest and greatest. They want to show off their components. They want to personalize it, customize it. Uh, they want their NFL team or their army unit or their favorite Bible verse. I mean, it, it just depends on the person that and that's, goes on it. I'm thinking now, that's like having a tattoo, right? It on is. Your, on your leg or arm. It is. It absolutely is. It's, it's every bit is customized and personalized. But luckily, Chris, in case they put I love Mary, my girlfriend. If they change the girlfriend, you can go, they can go visit Snell's and get it changed to Betsy now, right? That is correct. Now, it's because easier have... to do that than it is to get the tattoo and wipe that off, right? <laughs> a whole lot easier. I'm just, I would just write that out as a joke, but it probably happens, huh? We, we get a lot of crazy stuff. I haven't seen that one yet. Though. Oh, uh-oh. Somebody's going to think about that one now. <laughs> but uh, I will, one time I visited one of your locations, and I, was, I, I talked to a couple of mature adults like me, and they were saying they were accustomed to their prosthetic and don't want to get the new fangle-dangle new equipment. And I said, hey, whatever's happy... Go for it. You don't have to have the latest, greatest. They said, I'm accustomed to it. I'm used to it. I can handle it. It handles all my needs. And I said, well, I'm sure that, you know, Clint and his staffers are, are thrilled that you're you're happy what you've got now, right? Absolutely. And that's one of the most important things. You don't have to have flash or crazy. If you feel more comfortable in something that closely replicates your existing uh, limb or your sound side, we accommodate for that. We we make sure that it is pleasing to you. We want we want the patient to come off as happy as possible. So um, tell our listeners about how far of a catchment area you pull from for for people needing orthotics and prosthetics. I mean, do people come from all over the United States and world? I know you're world world known, but I'm Not, just to trying to trying to ask. We usually pull from uh, say 150 miles radius. Uh, we have one uh, patient who travels from uh, Paris, Texas, all the way here, which is a pretty good run. It is, and um, well, that's definitely he, he drives by three or four other prosthetic orthotic facilities to get it to us. Well, but think. he's had experience and. Uh, 
knows that we can provide what he needs and and wants. Well, and that, that's the thing I want to mention that you provide that after the fact customer care because you you have to do refinements, correct? I mean, oh yeah, yeah. It's not just a once and done kind of thing. Um, as especially for for newer amputees, uh, it's going to take some work and take some time because as they get moving, their residual limb will start to shrink and lose volume uh, due to the the loss of. Uh, the shrinkage of, of tissue because you're yes, you're used you. to carrying weight on your through your skeleton, and now you're carrying weight on your soft tissue. And so, the, 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 so there's an adjustment that has to be made there and makes make there as well. Yes, eventually, what happens is the the, the shrinkage uh, and uh, edema will go down, and you'll end up with a stable s- stabilized volume, and so. At that point, we then start working on a more permanent prosthesis. The first, the first prosthesis you'll get after an amputation is to get you up and moving and get you used to it and, and get your volume down. Okay. Uh, regarding the change in medical delivery and coverage, has that been changing over the years i'm sure you've you clint you've seen a lot of changes since the the 60s until today in 2016 and and probably dealing with insurance companies the government medicare medicaid veterans programs etc right yes all all of the funding sources are getting much more restrictive restrictive how restrictive by putting uh layers of regulation on uh what what we're required as process authors to do in documenting the functional level, the patient's abilities, and uh, also to uh, have more detail, uh, much like the detail in the physician's written notes, and um, they are restrictive on on dollar amounts. They're restrictive on, on a lot of different uh, areas. But those those are the the two challenging things that uh, keep us on our toes, <laughs> working with big government and working with big insurance companies. Well, hopefully now with the latest in video and it's not as subjective probably it was in many years back in the sixties and seventies, right? Determining what this would do, how this would improve an individual, you probably it's much. Is it easier? Should it be easier now to document or no? It, it should be, <laughs> it should be. <laughs> but, but it's not. Wow, <laughs> it's it's much more difficult uh, because uh, the insurance companies view what we do as a very high cost uh, thing item that. Uh, it doesn't happen frequently in their insurance po- pool or population, mm-hmm. but uh, they don't view it that way. Uh, in fact, uh, we have a, a uh, national website, mobilitysaves.com. That's right. And uh, basically it explains that 
what we provide orthotically and prosthetically will have a positive return on investment in 18 months to 24 months. In just 18 months? 18 months. And so it is an incredible investment for the insurance companies and the individuals to make uh, to re- improve health care and reduce their long-term costs. And that individual that had lost that limb or that problem now is going to become more independent, not going to be dependent on other services and other assistance. And I can just think of all the, the positive aspects there. And they can pass some of them, I'm sure majority of them go back to work or have an act, more active life, right? That's correct. And it helps, helps, uh, the number, the abilities to do, uh, recreational activities. It helps, uh, on the job. It helps keep some folks out of the nursing home and in living independently in their own home. And, you know, and those are all positive factors involved. So again, I can't say our government works in mysterious ways, but you know, you're you're there as one of the professional providers that has to deal with them on a on a probably a daily basis. Well, I think I think one of the uh, larger problems that we have, or another large problem that we have, is that a, a lot of people don't really know what we do. Uh, they think we that you come in and you sit down and we measure you and we go to the back and. Pull a size J3, J3 prosthesis out of the box and just slip it on you. And uh, n- none of that's true. Uh, everybody has to be custom fit. It'd kind of be like going and just getting uh, braces from, you know, some convenience store down the street. You wouldn't want to adjust your teeth like that. So, uh, and, and they have to be fit great, for each person. Great observation because it's the same thing as like a shoe. One shoe doesn't fit all, right? Yep. And that so, is it, and, and that was my under, misunderstanding. I'm sure a lot of my listeners out there may not know that. I mean, when I first visited them several many years ago, I thought the same thing. I thought you had a collection and you go in there and the person had an amputee, just, you know, pick 101 out of the shelf. And, you know, no person's alike and, and, uh, no individual. So everything has to be customized. And that's to a better fit, to better acceptance for them. You don't want to give them a size 14, um, leg and foot, right? Yeah, and they only wear a size nine. It wouldn't look very good. They wouldn't use it, right? That that's correct. And there's so many different variations on amputations and amputation levels, and then uh, the tissue surrounding the amputation, the skin, and how how tender or or uh, you know toughened it may be nerve wise. Per individual, that you really can't just pull it out of box. It, it, it just won't work. You have to have that person providing the care to making sure that it fits. So, going, let's go back to Medicare and Medicaid. Have there been cutbacks on both those programs for individuals who might medically necessarily need uh, a prosthetic? Yes, uh, the state of Louisiana about five years ago switched to managed care for its Medicaid program. And so there are five separate insurance companies that the, uh, recipients can, can, uh, sign up with. And those work like, uh, very much like traditional, uh, insurance coverage. 
Medicaid, excuse me, Medicare, uh, basically uh, has been very uh, strong in enforcing anti-fraud and that type thing. And they've gone to the extremes that it is almost oppressive from the orthodox process viewpoint. There are no qualifying uh, standards nationally for providing prosthetics and orthotics. Congress passed 16 years ago those qualifying standards. Medicare will not write a regulation to put them in force. So I, the I don't inter- understand. So they're there but haven't been implemented. You can implement, you have to implement by regulation. Most laws say that in there until the secretary issues regulations regarding that statute. I didn't, I was not aware of that. So a Medicare patient almost is unable to get a prosthetic? No, that's not correct. Okay. Uh, it, it is easy to provide a Medicare recipient a prosthesis. Okay. It is hard to get paid for it. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> good, 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 very good yeah. clarification there. Uh, yeah, the the uh, services are readily available. They're readily available, but the government, through its infinite wisdom, won't pay for it. Well, what what happens quite often is they have a audit procedure, whereas if you do not follow a technical aspect of the regulation, they will reclaim the money. And so the patient will be walking around on the prosthesis. Mm-hmm. We will have hired the employee, put the prosthesis together, aligned it, and continue to service the prosthesis. And we have no money. So our cash flow is, is uh, you know, hurt by that, obviously. It is definitely. So, can in closing, any other items that you would like to share today with, on our Best of Times radio show here? Well, if somebody wants to uh, give us a call uh, out of out of area one eight hundred two one nine five two seven three. Thank you for joining us today. Well, thank, thank you, you for Gary. Having us. We'll be right back with more information, but now a word from our sponsors and advertisers who make this radio show possible. You're listening to the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel, proudly presented by ABARES, Sending Country of Shreveport, your Dodge, Chrysler Ram, and Jeep dealer. Now, back to the Best of Times with your host, Gary Coligas. Welcome back to our show, the Best of Times Radio Hour here on News Radio 710 Keel. Thank you for listening to our show today. Don't forget to pick up your personal copy of the Best of Times in one of our 522 distribution locations. May God bless you and your family. God bless America. Have a great day and a great weekend. Thank you again for listening to our show. I'm Gary Caligas, wishing you and yours the best of times both today and every day. Have a great day. You've been listening to the best of times on 710 Keel. Join us again next Saturday at 9 for the best of times. This is News Radio 710 Keel, K E E L, Shreveport Bossier.